This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Salutations, possums. We are here. Gabby is cooking in the background, and she just wants to join the podcast. We almost let her because Joe's missing one more time, but we'll <laughs> allow it with the family in town. Uh, we're the Red Boys today. You'll see us on video, hopefully on YouTube, just rocking the red color because we're just huge Oklahoma fans. Isn't that right, Phil? Oh, you. Yes, we are. They got a big win. Became bowl eligible finally, you know, 11 games into the season, which is not at all something I'm used to. Is that something that happens later? Um I'm sorry, I, I haven't been watching. Oh, no. So, bowl, bowl, to, to get to bowl eligibility, you have to get to at least six wins in college football. Um, Oklahoma usually gets that by, like, week seven or seven or eight at worst. Um, took till week 11 this year. It was it's a sad time in the OU fan base. But we got a lot going on, and it's, it's okay. We're, we're in a rebuild year. It's a rebuild year. Uh, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're working on it. But anyway, let's get to the NFL, which is what we're talking about. There's World Cup. There's basketball. There's college football. But what we're really worried about is Thanksgiving football. We got three games this this week or uh, on Thursday, as per usual. And I think there's some pretty good games. We'll get into those at our next pod. Please check that out with the game previews. We will get into that. But what would you like to talk about today, Billy, for this well, for, Before we even get into our main topic of the day, because I know people are going to enjoy this quite a bit, I think, especially because I think Needy may argue quite a bit, which is, you know, something that people come to this podcast for. We haven't had a good arguing session in a while. But first, I just want to, like, I just want to say how disappointed I am that we're not going to get to see the full Kyle Pitts breakout year. Um, he, he went down with a season-ending injury, and... Josh, I know that you and I both thought this this was finally the last you know the last six games he had was going to be the stretch where he finally took off. This is where he gets to his thousand yards on the season. Ten touchdowns was incoming at least. That's at the very least ten touchdowns, and we don't get to see it. We were robbed of it, Josh. I feel like you're, I'm sensing some sarcasm here. Um, he actually was tight end like 15 on the year, which isn't bad for how terrible he's played. Um, the touchdowns did technically progress this year. He did get two, uh, but the yards <laughs> definitely went down. Um, I didn't realize he was actually out for the year. I knew it was MCL, and I guess, to be fair, they're not really fighting for much, so uh, it makes sense. I, I mean, dude, it's it was a bad quarterback situation. Mariota has actually played <clears throat> decently, but he did not like Kyle Pitts, or throwing the ball for that matter, uh, nope. unless it was to Zacchaeus or one of the other random guys, but... Yeah, unfortunate. I guess this is a good building experience for Drake London. Hopefully he learns the NFL a little bit better after these last few games. But it's uh, it's not looking good for Atlanta. They're obviously probably headed for a quarterback in the draft, and hopefully they can start anew with those two and Pitts can get healthy for next season. I, 
I don't have much else to say. You know how I feel about Kyle Pitts. Well, I think the most frustrating thing, and I know that this is kind of a roundabout way to get to this topic, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I just don't get what the Falcons are doing. Um, there's some people that think they're still trying to make a playoff push, which I guess technically they kind of are. But at the same time, like they don't have near the team for that. So why, why do it? I guess you don't want to hurt the people that are still in the building and still playing. And, like, I get it, but, like, you're not going to win a championship with this team. Let's be honest. So why not just, I don't know, lose a couple games on accident so that you can get worse? I mean, they beat the Bears this past weekend, which apparently is a lot easier to do than we thought. I thought the Bears – I thought this was the coming out party for Justin Fields, and it turns out, you know, we haven't quite got there. But Atlanta, I'm just really confused what they're doing. There's a few teams I'm confused at. They are one of them. Carolina's another one. There's a lot of teams I don't know why they're winning – Games. The problem is they were hurts. actually planning on losing that game against the Bears, but then Cordell Patterson was like, we don't do that here, and kick returned for 104 yards, which props to my man for being the uh, best kick returner in NFL history at yeah. this point. Yeah, how about uh, that? I mean, you would think – I mean, everybody, I think, thought it was Devin Hester, and then when you see that it was like he, Devin Hester's ran a bunch of punt returns back instead of kick returns, like, oh, it was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, it's 100-plus yards to run, and it's pretty impressive, and it basically won them the game, if not absolutely won them the game. So good for him. Um, But, yeah, honestly, at what point is it the Ritter experience is my question. Like, I get that you're half a game back from the division lead, but, like, Mariota's not playing well. And this is honestly the time where I am more okay with putting a rookie quarterback in. He sat behind a a veteran for 10-plus games. Um, You're you're giving him this – time to learn i I feel like you gotta at one point be like wow our passing game's struggling maybe if we put ritter in this this might be a chance to to grow and actually make a playoff run i mean i don't know um i don't know i I really don't know because i would have thought we'd already seen ritter by now because you can't really get much worse than mariota's been so why not just see what ritter's got it's at least got to be as bad like that's what i don't get but let's get to like a few other news stories that i I mean, we completely buried the lead here. Josh, Mickey Blanco is back. Oh, wow. I did not think that's where you're going with it. But Mickey fucking Blanco, guys. Uh, I can't believe, number one, that they are choosing to sit Zach Allen. Not not because of after the, his performance. It was absolutely warranted. I'm, I'm in shock that they're actually choosing to bench Zach Wilson, which is amazing. But not to mention, they skipped right over Joe Flacco. They weren't like, ah, Flacco's the starter. They're going right to Mickey Blanco, which is what at least us at Offensive Points have wanted to see. I don't know if anyone else actually likes this guy. Mike White, the most accountant name other than Dan Arnold, where we, we, we chose to make him Mickey Blanco. That's a way better name. Um, and he's starting, and he's our picture if we go away on this podcast, and we don't know how to get rid of it, and we're not upset because we <laughs> want Mickey Blanco to be a part of our lives. The legend of Mickey Blanco continues. I'm already like I'm already like cooking up DK lineups that involve Mickey Blanco as my quarterback. Um, I um, just I, I have to just interrupt you there and just say put your man Michael Carter in. Uh, that man gave Michael Carter his rookie year and all of his stats. It's true. I mean, I think I, I'm honestly excited to see what he's got with Garrett Wilson. I'm, I mean, Elijah Moore was popping off last year. Corey Davis really loved him. I don't know exactly who he's going to hone in on, but I'm just I'm really excited for that. Um, um, but 
from one benched quarterback to another benched quarterback. So the Texans have benched Davis Mills. They're going with Kyle Allen. I think this is like I don't even know what this is because I don't really you know Kyle Allen. We've kind of seen the the book on him already. It's not great. Um, if you have any Texans player, you got to kind of assume they've probably checked out. I just hope they're not going to you know start not using Damian Pierce to try to save his health. That, that's just kind of frustrating. Yeah, and it was pretty frustrating to see him play as well last game. Um, I know it was bound to happen, but he played very terribly, and it's 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 been overdue for the Texans. So I, I don't see why you would sit him. I mean, other than I mean, still he's still going for like rookie of the year. I mean, he's still trying to build his stats, and he still wants to. I'm not saying use him overly, like Saquon Barkley overly uh, too much, but at some point, I feel like you got to think about it. But I don't think you do it because it's it's part of his stats and it's part of his career. He doesn't want to be sat. He, he has done nothing to warrant a sit. Yeah, it's true. I just I, I always hate when these teams get to this point in the season where it's like they know they're not going anywhere, so they start like quote unquote tanking, but just kind of like testing new things out. I just hope that they don't try to test out, you know, saving Damian Pierce. Um, all right. Two do more things. Talk to... about, talk about, do we want to talk about Cooper Cup being pretty much ruled out for the year? I mean, Well, I was going to get to the Rams. Uh, so, Matt Stafford is out for the next game. Um, so, and then Cooper Cup's obviously going to be out for six to eight weeks, which is disastrous. I just made a huge trade involving Cooper Cup that a lot of people hated. Um, but I Still will hated. defend it because that's how – that uh, you know okay so i'll just you know to let the pod- podcast audience in um i'm trying to make a championship run in the league i needed a wide receiver cooper cuff went down so i traded for christian kirk on the jags which we all know christian kirk's not a great wide receiver but he is wide receiver nine on the year so i was just like you know what get him in my lineup it's a hail mary throw if i end up winning the title i'll look like a genius if i don't if i you know if i even make it close to the title i'll, I'll still feel like i look good and made a right call but if i don't it is you know if i if i don't if i get if i don't even make it to the playoffs then fine it it was whatever i haven't really told you my thoughts on this trade Uh, it's not that it was the fact that you had to throw add-ons in when cooper cup is clearly the better wide receiver i understand he's down but the man you traded with was well i mean playoffs basically a he's 30 years old b i gave a third round pick which is a dart throw at best and then chris barnes who i had just gotten off of waivers i didn't i actually like me some chris not not like a, a player I was actually using, not a player that I had had on my team for a long time. He was literally just picked up off waivers, and I was like, I'll throw him in, whatever. Just to get the, you know, I went over the top to get the trade done. I wanted to get the trade done. Um, I was afraid that Cooper Cup's age and injury was going to scare him off, so I just went over the top, and, I, you know, I'm fine with it. It's not like I got rid of the add-ons were not pieces that were something I was actually going to use. It no, you're, and you're right, but I was just, why are you adding on, in my opinion? I get it's Dynasty and whatever, but, like, Cooper Cup sh- is showing that, I mean, not so much in his light usage in the beginning of his career, it should it should be fine. But anyway, RIP Cooper Cup for basically a regular season at this point, and it looks like playoffs because it doesn't look like the Rams are going anywhere. So, nope. And then right. getting into the Stam- Stafford concussion, uh, that's rough for all Rams' sake. Um, I think at this point, We'll, we'll get into this later, but, like, is Akers, like, actually startable? I do not believe so. I'm not going to do it. I just, like, it's an option, right? Uh, I think it's the Kyron Williams show from here on out, and then I think we'll see another running back like Ronnie Rivers brought back up, and then that'll Ronnie be... Ronnie Rivers, my man. Yeah, I don't I don't think the Akers show um, 
is going to be that. They just proved to hate this guy, but I feel like if you're going to run anyone into the ground when it, in a lost season, it might be Akers. So, I don't know, weird, but I, I'm not excited about it. But maybe go pick him up, think about it. Yeah, you, you can think about it. I don't know. I'd probably still leave him. Okay, well, let's get to what we're going to do for the main part of this episode, which is we are talking about the top 12 dynasty running backs for now and for years to come. Um, well, how we're going to structure this is we're just going to start at number 12. I'm going to say my 12th ranked person. Josh is going to say his 12th ranked person. Um, if I have them on my list higher, we're not going to, we're just going to skip ahead and we'll talk about them whenever we get to them. But if neither of us have them, or like if the other one doesn't have it at all, then we'll just sit and discuss the player. Hopefully I described that in a way that makes sense. And hopefully as we get through this, it will also make sense. All right. Well, Without further ado, who's your 12th dynasty running back? My 12th ranked dynasty running back is Josh Jacobs. I, unfortunately, do not have him. He has an honorable mention at this point. So He's one of my um, – I'll tell you my honorable – I have honorable mentions too, but Josh Jacobs is my – so here's why I have him at number 12. And then you can kind of – I'm sure you probably agree with what I'm going to say, but – I'm just interested to see where Josh Jacobs goes in the future. I think we've seen exactly what he can be in an offense that features him. And I think whatever team he ends up with, if he does not end up back re-signed to the Raiders, I think that he could be a featured back, you know, wherever he goes. I'm just really excited to see exactly who picks him up at the, you know, in free agency, whatever. Even if he ends up back with the Raiders, I think that he's proven his worth. He's been RB four on the year which is um a very good part to play in his development and i think that although we thought they were going to run him into the ground i don't think his usage has been insane i think he's been very efficient this season and so for that i think josh jacobs could even end up being higher depending on he's only 24 years old by the way and i think that he could end up being um a top 12 dynasty running back I I do agree with you. Um, the only reason I did not put him in there is because I'm scared of where he's going to go. And that was the only reason I did not, because if he does go to a team that has, you know, a Michael Carter or another guy that takes away his pass catching, what's really helped him these last two years is the fact that he's been very heavily involved in the past. But in the past, they had a guy for that. So that's what I'm worried about. If they have, like, if they already have a Naheem Hines or something, he might just be used as the traditional running back which in today's league, especially most people play PPR or at least half-point PPR, uh, he would take a hit. But he was literally 13. I, I did struggle to put it. Well, can, you, can I tell you my hopes and dreams for Josh Jacobs is he ends up with the Bills. He ends up with the Chiefs. He ends up with one of these teams that's going to use him in an appropriate manner. Not only that, but actually needs him on the team. They need a running back like Josh Jacobs on the team. They can have Singletary still there. They can have Pacheco still there in limited value. They can have those guys, but Josh Jacobs needs to be your guy that gets you the yards. Like That is the guy that you need in there at the end of a football game when you need to get the clock run down. He is the kind of guy you need in there. Yep. I get it. Um, well, getting right, on to my get, getting on to my number twelve. I have my man Javante Williams. Um, I have and, him, I have him higher. So okay. you can wait. All right, all right, all right. Well, we'll get into we'll get into Javante later. Okay, I'm interested. I'm interested to see who you don't have now. Uh, Eleven on my list is 
Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots. I have him higher, so shut the fuck up, Billy. All right, who do you have at 11? I have Mr. Najee Harris. Don't have him, so no. go ahead. All right, I get to chat about a little Najee Harris. Okay, so we'll get into those other two. If you didn't hear the beginning, we will be talking about these people. Do not worry. Uh, but we are going to go ahead and skip ahead to Najee Harris. And you, the main reason he's on here is because better days are ahead. There's no way that this man went from an overall superstar last year to nothing this year, which in honesty, as running back 20 on the year and having kind of an uptick in usage as of late, he's been a, a decent starter as it is. I mean, you're not excited about the 10 points you were getting. Uh, finally kind of had a breakout with 20 points last week. Uh, 27, my apologies, two touchdowns and 90 yards. He's actually been averaging pretty good uh, carries all year. The problem is he's not being used in the pass game anymore, which is why he was so good in 2021 with Ben, ben Roethlisberger. I mean, look at that, 19 targets, 14 catches for 100 yards. That's going to boost anyone over the top, even when they have a subpar running game. <clears throat> um, Jalen Warren is not a bad backup, but he's not a great backup either. Um, I just... I don't think that he's going to take away from Najee. Najee is going to be on the field 24-7. This obviously isn't the Steelers' year right now. Like, that, yes, they could make the playoffs. They could do whatever, but they're not going to go far. Um, and whether Pickett's the answer or not in the future, they're going to have a whole offseason with him scripted to be the starter. They're going to learn to use Najee the way they used him the years past, years pa or I should say year past. Um, and those touchdowns are going to go up. So Najee, at the end of the season, especially when it gets cold, is going to be going off crazy, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him as RB10 on the year. If you still have a chance, go trade for him. I, I don't know if your trade deadlines are passed, but I assume they're getting close. So Probably right up against it. All right, my fear with Najee and why I didn't have him ranked was that, A, I haven't liked everything that I've seen from Najee. He's not particularly great at, like, busting the big play which he was better at in 2021, but he's just not really had it this year, and it's because of the line. And I'm not really sure, even if you get a great line in there, what is this offense going to look like with Pickett? I just don't I don't trust it. If you know Najee Harris is what you got to stop, I don't really see him as like a Derrick Henry-level threat to where they're like going to sell out, but I just – I don't know. I just don't trust the Steelers' offense, and I, until they get back to that, I, I don't know. Well, Derrick Henry didn't start doing ridiculous things right away. It took him time. I mean, Najee Harris, I mean, Derrick Henry had two years of subpar, you know, running and then kind of leaned his way into it. He's still the biggest guy on the field. He's going to get those touchdowns. He's going to be the, anytime they're on the one yard line, he should be getting the ball. Obviously we saw Pickens run it in from the one the other day. So I'm just saying Najee, I, I, I think he's a no brainer in my opinion to be in the top 12. I understand the hatred towards him this year, but recency biases everything. Uh, in the offseason, go get him if people are uh, down on him, especially if he doesn't finish the season strong. Yeah, I guess we'll see. All right, moving on to number 10. And this will get to Mr. Javante Williams, if you want to bring him back up. Um, I think we both really like Javante. The injury this year was very unfortunate. I don't think it's going to last him very long in his career. He's still quite young. I think this year, if anything, has kind of spelled out why he is necessary on this team because without him, it's been – I mean, Josh, you can admit it, but it's been a disaster for the Denver offense. And they're missing their best player, which is Javante. And I think that him actually getting injured this year has actually risen his value even more. Because now Denver's kind of seeing, well, without Javante, we're not going to be quite the same offense from here on out. So I think 
the sky's the limit for Javante, but for now I'm going to put him at 10. Yeah, um, and for I, I completely agree. I think he's going up. Obviously, he was never going to solve all the problems that are the Broncos. They've had many numerous problems with Russell Wilson in general. But Javante in general, at my in my eyes, is very valuable even more now because the, the breakup with Melvin Gordon is happening and their starting running back is Latavius Murray. And they're sitting there like, damn, what if we just like ran Javante as a normal running back? How good could we be? I think the lesson's learned. I think the lesson has officially been learned. I think Russell Wilson operates better when he has a Javante level threat in the backfield with him. And I, you know, what are we waiting on here? Yeah. And I think that it's just one of those things that we'll learn over time. I think there will be a person to spell him, but I think they're obviously done with Melvin Gordon. So there's not going to be that like same body type running back back there. So he'll get the, he'll get the majority of the workload. And then there might be a pass catching back or something. Maybe they'll bring back Boone or. Uh, I think we, I think we would have legitimately had a better version of what Tony Pollard's been this year if he had not gotten hurt. I think that's what, like, you know, because Melvin Gordon would have still been out there, but he's not quite the same. Kind of like how Zeke Elliott's been with the Cowboys, and I think we would have kind of seen that from Javante. And it just sucks that we're going to miss a year of him in his prime because I think he's special. It's been a tough year in general with uh, some of these injuries late later in the year. So what sucks is he probably would have been higher on this list had he played this entire season out. Like that's what sucks. We're putting him at ten. He probably deserves to be in the top five if we hadn't kind of gotten hurt. We're not getting to see him. Like that kind of that kind of stuff just sucks. Yeah, I mean, obviously he could have busted into the top five. I would have probably had him at like six or seven, but I still would have had him higher for sure. I I completely agree. I I just feel like he couldn't. There's people above him on my list now that would not have been there if he had had a good full season. Let's just put it that way. That's fair. Um, Well, good news is we get to talk about the other guy we talked about because I had Stevenson at number 10. Um, Super excited about Ramondre Stevenson finally having the workload. I mean, they only had one year in there, and they had James White running around. They had Damian Harris still like kind of the lead. And I know you love this man because of something about where he went to school. Uh, But I think the coolest thing about Stevenson is he showed that there can be a a running back one on the Patriots. Um, I think Bill Belichick in his old age is slipping. Um, Obviously, Damian (laughs) Harris was injured for a while, but like even – before and after he was still doing pretty well obviously he took over really heavily whenever steven or harris went down excited about stevenson all around i i, I can't i mean the sky's the limit at this point and i think he at least deserves he would have been at least an honorable mention if i didn't have him in the top 10 yeah well i mean damian harris is gone after this season bill belichick's not going to sign him back which is only going to involve stevenson i mean they're they're probably going to bring in a running back to kind of spell stevenson but Every time, I mean, any Pats fan that you talk to, whenever you talk about Ramon J. Stevenson, they, they just, like, they know, and everybody should know by now that he is just a reliable, great running back. And I think that we're just – he is – I'm just going to say it. He is what Najee Harris should be. That's what Ramon J. Stevenson is right now. He is what Najee Harris should be. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think we're all excited about Ramon J. Stevenson. I pretty sure even analysts all all analysts around were just like Ramondre Stevenson is going to be the guy there go get him don't get Damian Harris so that's why you listen to some some of us sometimes we actually we have valid opinions it's true we, we can see this stuff coming all right what do you got at number nine Mr. Bill number nine is probably controversial but I don't know uh Brees Hall 
Uh, I have him way higher, actually. I, I, I feel like it's controversial, but yeah, okay. he's at nine. I, I think he could be a little lower, but once again, just the sheer talent we saw. We'll get into him shortly. I have someone who you probably don't have, Mr. Austin Eckler. Nope, I have Eckler. He's higher oh, for me. All right, all right, all right. Oh, who do we, I, I'm interested to see who we don't have then. Like, if this is how... Because there's somebody that's going to be missing from one of our two lists that we have I, higher than that. I know but. one person that you're going to be mad about, but we'll get into that. Okay, well, number eight then is Damian Pierce. Uh, pretty sure I have him. Nope, I actually have him at eight. So wow, we agree nailed on it. This. Nailed okay. it. Well, all right. So Damian Pierce, obviously, we both. I think we both really love Damian Pierce. We've loved him. I've loved him since the Senior Bowl. I literally texted you. Me and Joe were texting you about this guy, and we just we could see it immediately with him. And I know there was a lot of like skeptical people in the off season that were like, "Well, you know, could he do this? Could he do that?" He's proven and checked every box that you could possibly have for him. Not only I don't... has he not as only has he checked every box, he's done it well. He's doing it on yes. the worst team in football right now, and he looks like a. I mean, he is a top fifteen running back at this point. So for sure. And the thing is, is like you know, even in an off game, he still looks really strong, really special. Somebody that you're going to want to acquire on your team. Like if you have anybody out there that like maybe thinks that they can move up to get say a Najee Harris, like maybe they don't think that the the value is equal, go get Damian Pierce, like trade away your Najee Harris for Damian Pierce. Like that is a very valid trade and you're actually probably winning that Damian Pierce has got a long, you know, career ahead of him with Houston and any coach that they bring in because Levy Smith is not going to be the coach next season most likely any coach they bring in is going to see a Damian Harris and use him in a very good capacity that's going to be good for fantasy points yeah no Damian Pierce is going to be phenomenal for the future I would like to see him involved a little bit more in the passing game um, and it's not even really due to Rex Burkhead being involved in the passing game because he's not really involved but we will see with this quarterback switch um, this week what the usage will be like. Maybe Pierce will get a little bit more out of the backfield. Um, but, I mean, you know he's going to be heavily involved. He's really their only player. So, True. It's pretty sad. All right. Um, well, number so, seven. Yeah, number seven. Uh, go ahead. List her off. Travis Etienne. Uh, have him a little bit higher. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, Who's your number seven? So, I have uh, Mr. Nick Chubb. And I, I have him higher. Oh, all right. Never mind then. I was going to defend <laughs> this it. This is I kind of didn't have it. this is, dude. I, I swear, there's somebody that we're going to have on our list that it, we're going to be missing. I just, I already know it. I, all right. I, well, get in. I'm interested to see who it is. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, number five for me, or no, number six for me is Austin Eckler. Okay, we can, we can talk about Eckler now. That's fine. Okay, so my number six being Austin Eckler. Um, this offense is still going to be amazing. They still have yet to bring in a running back. Here's the thing. They did bring in a running back, Isaiah Spiller. Guess how much usage he's gotten? Barely any. So to, to see that they've spent a high draft pick on a running back in the third round and then not even use him 
should tell you all you need to know about Austin Eckler. I get that he's getting up there in age. I get that people are going to be scared off by that number. It should not be. He's still got a good two, three years left in him, and at this point in time, he is a one, like top-tier fantasy asset to have on your team right now. And if you can go acquire Austin Eckler because maybe somebody's going to be scared off by that age that he's at, by all means, let them make that mistake. Let them make that mistake. I just think, like, just looking at the, the last two years, uh, PPR number two, PPR number one right now, you can't not take uh, keep Austin Eckler or get him in a trade if somebody's willing to give him away. Yes, he's 27. Oh, running backs don't last that long. This man is just built different. Everyone on the Chargers team has been injured this year except for Austin Eckler. I'm knocking on wood just in general. The man is <laughs> built like a bowling ball, and he's just a little guy. I just I love Austin Eckler, and he literally is the only reason the Chargers are even somewhat relevant. He carried them through the Herbert situation. So um, I don't know. Love, love my man Austin Eckler. I don't have anything to say. Don't be scared of his age. He is literally the best running back in fantasy football right now. Exactly. So – Therefore, I, I realize that we just made that entire big-ass argument and then just ranked him at number six as the highest of us two anyway. But same time, there's just a few more players I'm feeling a lot more special about on my list. So That's fair. Uh, All right. And then number six for me, um, it's Travis Etienne. I assume you have him on there probably higher. He's at seven. Oh. I, I just set him for seven. Oh. So, well, let's yeah, talk about a little Travis Etienne. Um, obviously after a lost season, he has been quick to make up the time for lost time. Uh, they traded James Robinson after seeing what he can do. So this shows exactly where they're at with him. Um, Jacksonville, I think is only going to get better. And I think Etienne is the a big building block on that. Um, so far they have pretty much no one behind him. Didn't they just sign someone though? I feel like they got, uh, Daryl Henderson today. Daryl Henderson. So yeah, not worried about that. There will be another running back in this backfield, and maybe it is Daryl Henderson. Um, maybe it's Jim Michael Hasey, but um, at this point, Travis Etienne is the man in Jacksonville and probably should be higher. I just feel like with one year under his belt, or really like six games under his belt, it's hard to really rank him too high. But the, the age is there, age 23. Um, he finally got to come back from that scary injury last year, so we're really happy to see him on the field and still showing out. And honestly, most people come back from an injury soft. Like we saw what happened with Saquon Barkley last year. He just didn't look right after the ACL tear. So Etienne should be good to go in the future, and I think he even breaks out further uh, next year. Well, here's the thing. The, the, if I obviously am never wishing an injury on any player, but if you're going to get injured – the first year before you've even played a game is kind of the perfect time to do it because a your you know rehab is going to be done in a world class facility uh, NFL facility you're going to get access to the best doctors in the world to get you back into place and i mean he does not have any problems or side effects it appears from that injury and by them bringing in Daryl Henderson actually makes me think that they're way more trusting of him possibly in the future anyway because if they if they didn't bring someone in like Daryl Henderson, I was going to think, okay, they may be headed to the draft to draft somebody maybe in the third or fourth round just to get in there, kind of spell him out a little bit, not to maybe use him as the full workhorse. If they bring in Daryl Henderson and maybe they keep him past just this year, I think that means that Travis Etienne is the guy that they plan to use in a heavy workload from here on out. 
I mean, they still might get another running back too. So I don't think that that's out of the question. I think they probably do find one in the draft or in the off season, but it's not going to be a big name guy. It's going to be more of a spell. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like a, I know it could be a fifth or sixth round player rather than maybe a third or fourth. Yeah. So we're excited about him. Uh, can only go up at this point. So uh, Bill, who do you got at number five? I believe is where we're at. Number five is Christian McCaffrey. Oh, I actually have him higher. This is fun. This is crazy. Okay. I feel, yeah, like, I feel like we're missing something. And there does, actually... It feels like we're missing something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is just how uh, it was going to be. But anyway, who do you have it? For who do you have sure number five? wouldn't have Christian McCaffrey on there, which that's fun to, to make the argument for. But I have Kenneth Walker at number five. Wow. Well, I have him higher. So I, I guess assume. we're just, just well, going to keep going higher and higher. Well, eventually we got to get to these guys. But number four, I have Mr. Saquon Barkley. I have him higher. And – you know what? Number four, I have Mr. Christian McCaffrey, so we okay. can talk, we can talk about him. How about that? Let's Is that okay? About yeah, go for it. Start. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Everyone's gonna be worried about Christian McCaffrey in the future and right now because. Uh, I can't believe that Elijah Mitchell still has a role in this offense. This is a good thing. This is what we wanted as Christian McCaffrey like fans. We want to see him with another running back spelling him. And don't worry about him. He's still gotten 17 points the last two games. And uh, what's-his-face has been actually doing well during this time as well. Elijah they, Mitchell. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell, yeah. The 49ers are a running football team. They're going to use both of these guys. But Christian McCaffrey is still going to get the majority and all the passes, well, the majority of the passes, and will still make plays like he did against the Rams in Week 8 where he had three touchdowns total. Uh, I mean, it's just going to happen. He's still a playmaker. Yes, there's a lot of people in this offense, and don't be frightened by his either age or injury history. Those things happen. Like this, He's one of the hardest-used running backs in the league. None of them were very serious. They were just soft tissue injuries, which just lasted too long, unfortunately. It was hard to get through. So he doesn't have any major health problems other than the fact that he's actually missed time, which in reality is only making him fresher. And we've seen that since he's joined San Francisco. Yeah, I I agree with everything you're saying there. And I think that, honestly, we're going to get to see Christian McCaffrey possibly at his apex coming up here in the next couple of years because of who he got saddled with. Kyle Shanahan is a magician. He has fostered a number one running back in fantasy before in Devontae Freeman when he was in Atlanta. So we do know it is possible in his system to have the RB1 on your team. Um, and I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be everything that he's wanted in a running back added to his team. I'm glad they made that trade for him because it's honestly vaulted his value. I probably, if he stayed with the Panthers, I probably would not have had him on this list or he would have been much lower. But with him being in San Francisco, I mean, you want to talk about one of the best situations in football. That That's being with the 49ers right now. I actually really didn't want him to go to the 49ers at first, but looking back on it now, it's only going to get better for McCaffrey. Fantasy-wise, it's good. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. I, I love Christian McCaffrey. I'm, I'm happy to see him on a winning team again. For sure. So, All right. Uh, on we go to number three. Three, which is well, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Let's talk about Nick Chubb. All right. Um, originally, I wasn't going to have him this high because the, the Sean Watson of it all scares me to think that this offense, how it's going to work and everything. I just – I'm not quite sure – how he's going to be utilized in this offense. Kevin Stefanski has a run-based scheme, which has kept Nick Chubb relevant. He has been the focal point of this offense. But if you get a player in there that's worth a quarter of a billion dollars, Josh, it's kind of hard not to think that's going to be the focal point of the offense. Now, Nick Chubb can catch passes, but 
He's probably not the best player to do that. Uh, Kareem Hunt would be, or whoever pass catcher they bring in. Um, I think the passing game is going to vault up quite a bit. So I know I'm talking badly about Nick Chubb, but the talent of Nick Chubb still ranks him that high. And possibly if if they do the run-pass op- option and run it very well, I think that that could vault Nick Chubb up even higher than he's been. So it's kind of one of those, like, I, I can see it going completely south. I can see it going completely north, but it, I guarantee it will not be in the middle. I actually really don't see it going south because there's two reasons. Because Deshaun Watson has literally never had a running back, and so there's never been a chance to be like, we oh, don't know them, there though. is a running back there that can actually shoulder some of the workload. And also, Deshaun Watson hasn't played in two years. So at this point, That's true. We're, we don't know what we even have. So I can't imagine week one, like if you picked him up off waivers or you kept on hold on him this whole time and you're talking to start him the first game, you're crazy. Could it work? <laughs> sure. But it's not going to more than likely. You're going to want Nick Chubb in there still because the ball is going well, to Well, not go. for this season, but if it doesn't go well with Deshaun Watson, with Stefanski, I cannot see how they keep Stefanski. And if they get a new coach in there, we have a whole new philosophy, and it might not you're be a running not, philosophy. You are absolutely not getting rid of Nick Chubb, so it doesn't matter. You're not getting rid of Nick Chubb. You're just maybe not using him as much. If it I mean, goes downhill, they get, they have, they're stuck with Brissett, or they go find another fill-in quarterback, and then they're back where they're at with Nick Chubb. So... No, no. That's true. I, Again, I ranked him number three because I believe in talent, and talent is always going to win in this sport. And that's how everybody should view, especially the running back position, because that's kind of the one where talent matters the most. You can't really be fluky because, like, wide receivers, you can blame the quarterback. Quarterback, you can blame the wide receivers. Running back, you can kind of blame the O-line, but good running backs can get through that bad O-line and make something happen. Yeah, no, super excited about him uh, in the future. I, I kind of called this in the offseason. I was excited to see him actually come to fruition and him actually do this. So it's exciting for me and everyone, really. Um, and then we actually chatted about this guy. I think you had him a little lower than me, uh, but I had my man Brees Hall at number three. Um, yeah. I, there was there's just the man changed the Jets and the Jets have changed since he's been gone. I understand he's been in he is on injured reserve and he's not playing this year but i think we see a very similar travis etienne style uh breakout next year um i hope that they have a new quarterback because zach wilson is just complete trash so we will look forward to seeing Brees hall in the future uh speedy recovery to him and we're hoping that all goes well the jets do still have really valuable pieces on offense and I think with uh, Michael Carter still there and uh, James Robinson, I don't know what they'll actually end up doing. More than likely keep Michael Carter, which was working pretty well. Brees Hall should have a great workload in the future, and I think that there's no reason for him not to be in the top five. No, I think I made an obvious mistake putting him way too low on the list. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree. Brees Hall has everything in front of him. He had, I mean, we kind of thought he was going to have a role like this when he came out of Iowa State. He went lower than I expected. I expected kind of him to go in the first round. I think we both kind of talked ourselves into that by the time the, the draft started. And would it have been a mistake? No. The Bills could really freaking use a guy like Brees Hall right now. But instead, now he's getting with the Jets, and that's just kind of how you know his situation's gone. But he has been the bright, was the bright spot for the Jets this season. And, yeah, his future is bright as all can be. Good to hear. Well, what do you got for number two? Number two is Ken Walker. Ken Walker. We can bring him Forward up now. Seattle. He is yes. allowed to be brought up now. So here's the, the main reason is that 
Seattle is a good place for a guy like Kid Walker to thrive. They've really, like, you know, when they had Chris Carson back in the day, when they had Marshawn Lynch back in the day, like, they've always fostered a good environment for running backs, and as long as Pete Carroll's there, the running back position's never going to go away. And the thing I've liked about Ken Walker this year is he can do the touchdown, like, he can do the explosive touchdown run. Like, Sometimes you'll just look at your ESPN app and there'll be like a 70-yard touchdown or 65-yard touchdown from Ken Walker. And if you have a running back like that that's doing that consistently, that is the kind of player that you, you know, are is special to have on your team. And I just think Ken Walker is going to be the, the face of the running back position, you know, within the next two or three years. Yeah, no, it's it's phenomenal. It's going to be great for him. The only reason I I actually have the arg- could make the argument that Damian Pierce is the better running back. It's hard to argue whenever you know uh, Kenneth Walker's on a better team, but I would probably have Pierce up there if their plan was in in place at this point. Seattle actually looks pretty decent. What they're going to do is they're going to draft a quarterback with probably Denver's first round pick, which will be fun. Um, but Geno will still be there, so I don't I don't know what they'll do, but. I, I love Ken, Ken Walker at this point, and it is his backfield for the foreseeable future. For sure. All right, who you got number two? Um, I have probably your number one because the way things have been shaken out. I have Saquon Barkley at number two. You're, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I had him lower, so talk well, about hoping, Saquon. I, oh, you had him lower? Oh, we already talked. I forgot that you already had yeah, Saquon. Yeah, I had, I had Saquon at four. Oh, well, my apologies. Um, yeah, no, I could not pass up having Saquon in the top two. He is arguably the best running back in the game. Um, I understand that it's not exactly perfect. He doesn't catch as many balls as, let's say, Austin Eckler. But this man coming back probably will be at least in the argument for comeback player of the year um, after they'll probably be – never mind, it's Geno Smith. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but anyway, Sa- Saquon just in general is the true running back, and I think that's what's great about him. The touchdowns aren't super high because he plays for the Giants and the team's not good, but the, the team runs through him. So if the team's good, it's all because of Saquon. If Saquon's good, most likely the team's good. So we're going to see it for the long time. Uh, only 25 years old. Uh, <laughs> come off that injury pretty well these last two years kind of leaned back into it and he looks just like he ever did so yeah i mean honestly the problem with saquon has always been we just wanted to see him healthy um and we never could quite get to that point and seeing him healthy is just it's so special to see from him and i mean he started the original Penn State running back run. I mean, like Miles Sanders has, you know, come out of Penn State as well. There's more running backs coming out of Penn State. And I just really have loved everything about Saquon Barkley in in the league. And it's just a matter of injuries for me. And, I mean, being a number four for me is not that bad, honestly. It's still pretty darn good. And, yeah, I, I think Saquon Barkley, given I don't – we'll see what happens with the contract situation and everything. But – I think that, yeah, as long as he's on the Giants especially, he's going to be featured there, and I think you know he's going to have a Derrick Henry-esque rest of his career. Yep, I think we all agree. And I just want to go ahead and specify before we get to this last one, which I think we have the exact same person. Yes. Um, I want to talk about how we did not actually exchange these beforehand. We did not. Uh, and we actually only varied on one, and that was me. I didn't put – well, I put Najee in, and you put uh, Josh Jacobs in. So, right. Obviously, the numbers were a little different. It's pretty crazy, honestly, because there's we're going to get to the honorable mentions at the end, and I'm kind of surprised you didn't have a couple of these guys, but we'll see. 
I have them written down as my honorable mentions, and I will we'll defend that as well. But let's get to number one overall. Drumroll, please. It's still Jonathan Taylor. Yep. It's still, it's still Jonathan Taylor, guys and girls. Uh, Jonathan Taylor came broke out in a huge way after in his sophomore year, but his rookie year was no slouch either. And I understand this is this is this is a terrible team, and they just keep. And yes, they almost beat the Eagles. Sure, for all those people out there, I will talk about it later. Uh, But just in general, this is a terrible team. They need a quarterback. They know that, and they're not going for veteran anymore. And they're learning as Jeff Saturday comes in that hey shit. Maybe if we run the ball, this team can be good. And guess what they've been doing? Billy, what have they been doing? They've been running the football, Josh. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what's helping Jonathan Taylor look like Jonathan Taylor again. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly the most special talent. It, it really sucks that he ended up getting hurt um, and kind of not being used like he was last year. Um, because it's just been... I mean, downright frustrating Watch not being able to watch him do what he did last season and what he's done the last couple weeks. Like, we've just been waiting and waiting, and we finally are starting to see it again. But it's just we never, you know, we didn't get to see our king actually be the king, and that's what sucked. So it's good to see him back. He's playing like his number one self the last two weeks, and I, the future is his. I mean, this is his role to take is the RB1, and I'll be excited to see him. Thank you. And yes, I am tired of hearing people go, well, Jonathan Taylor this and Jonathan Taylor that. Just calm down. He's still running back one. Yes, these young guys are coming in with talent, uh, but they still don't hold a candle to Jonathan Taylor. And he did miss a few games. I feel like a lot of people forgot that. People are just seeing the number next to it. Oh, running back 20 or whatever. It's not that's that's not what Jonathan Taylor is. He's the best running back in football and he will continue to be. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he is leading this next group or this big group of running backs that are coming up that are young. Like it's him leading the charge. And, you know, it's just going to be Jonathan Taylor's world here for as soon as Derek Henry retires. So let's get let's get to some of these honorable mentions here. Um, yeah, I think, I, I'm I think there's, a, kind... there's a major one we need to talk about, I'm sure. And it's DeAndre Swift. And if Joe yep. was here, he would have made the argument for us. But you know what he's yep. doing? Spending time with his family. So that's on him. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, let's just be real. I have not liked what I've seen DeAndre Swift since he's been back. It's been very bad. I mean, he cannot run through a line. Like, he cannot get any yards per carry. I I don't really see how we could put him very high because we're not even sure what he's going to be. I mean, he looks like a glorified pass-catching back right now, which is not what we expected DeAndre Swift to be. So, I, I don't know how we could have, with a good heart, put him higher. Yeah, last year he finished as... Uh top 15 PPR running back. And that's because he catches passes and not because he ran the ball well at all. Um, there were some touchdowns there, but the touchdowns have completely regressed. Uh, his workload is now, but 10 ish carries a game. Jamal Williams is leading the backfield, which I think is sh- not shocking to all of us, but it's almost like, why isn't Swift just resting at this point? Um, and I, I do expect him to crack the top 12 sooner rather than later, but I just couldn't in good faith, put him above some of these other guys who have the, the talent right now and are playing right now. I'm not trying to be recency bias, but DeAndre Swift has never finished above top running back 15. And at the moment, it doesn't look like that's happening anytime soon. So that's, that's my problem with DeAndre Swift. I think he's a great buy low candidate in dynasty though. 
I mean, the best thing for him would be if Jamal Williams didn't come back, but I don't see how Detroit could not try to bring Jamal Williams back after the kind of tear he's been on this season. I mean, he scored multiple touchdowns in, what, three games, I think, so far, and just not ha- – I mean, you have a great running back. Why just get rid of him just so you can maybe have DeAndre Swift be great? Like, it doesn't make any sense to work it out mathematically like that. So, if I was them, I would just keep Jamal Williams and just, you know – Leading the that. league in rushing touchdowns right now. You just can't pass Exactly. How how could you possibly get rid of him in favor of DeAndre Swift, who we don't even know if it'll ever happen for him. So. Yeah, and, and then the other three honorable mentions that I would like to at least mention, and they kind of all fit in the same category, it's Kamara, Cook, and Joe Mixon. Um, Joe Mixon has taken just a complete downturn on his production. Obviously, he had that five-touchdown game, and he's been injured a couple games here and there, but overall it just I, I can't say he doesn't seem to be part of the game plan because he is part of the game plan he just doesn't seem to be doing anything and that's kind of the what we expected last year with him with the bad offensive line uh but he's actually he did fine last year and this year he just looks back to what we thought he would be and then cook and kamara nothing against the two they are aging slightly kamara and the saints are a disaster and cook i just i just feel like the, it, inevitably he's going to be replaced sooner rather than later uh, it's it's sad, but it's part of the life. Well, Kamara, the big problem is he's got an impending lawsuit in this offseason where he may actually go to jail. I mean, he'd probably buy his way out of it, but we don't exactly know how that suspension's going to go. Um, probably not going to be very useful, so it's hard, hard to rank somebody in Dynasty when you know darn well they probably aren't going to be there for at least half the season next year. Um, and then my other one, other than the two that you just mentioned, because, yes, Mixon – he should probably be in the 12, but it's hard to put him in there. And same with Cook, even though I, it's just it feels like there's every year that eventually Cook's going to be phased out. And we just have if Alexander Mattinson was any good, he would have probably been phased out already. Unfortunately. Yes. Cook. Cook, I feel like, will get phased out eventually, but I don't think that it's Madison by any means. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. It, they're going to draft somebody, and he's going to get phased out. I don't think it could happen this season, I mean, for, for all intents and purposes. But the, the two or one that I wanted to mention that we hadn't gotten to is Khalil Herbert for the Bears. I, I think that there is some real, real value there with him, A, being young, B, David Montgomery not coming back. I just think that, like, Chicago is going to need a running back like Khalil Herbert, and I just I was really loving what I was seeing from him in the times that he got to see the full back lo- or full workload, and then you know just his vibe with Fields. It just it felt good, and I think of this offense, which next year I think is going to be one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. I think that him being a part of that is just going to lead to good fantasy value, and I still think he's a buy low, but not necessarily maybe a top twelve. I think there's an option for it. I just it was hard for me because there was still five people that I really I did think about Herbert and I just I couldn't put him in there. Yeah, it just couldn't happen. And then like I know there's going to be one guy out there that's probably shaking his fist about Rashad White. I get it. Leonard Fournette's probably gone and he's going to take over, but we can't can't do it. You can't put him in the top twelve. If we kept going, sure we could put him at. It's not like sixteen. Just because they're a rookie and they came in and they have looked decent, they can't just make the top twelve. Like you have to, I don't know. You have to show something of value to supposed to put you up that high. Yeah, that's fair. Well, we'll we'll see what Rashad White can be, but at this moment, not a top twelve. We'll we'll get into that later. Exactly. Okay, 
Well, that is our hopefully not confusing rankings of the top 12 running backs in fantasy football. Um, honestly, our lists are pretty similar. So, honestly, any, you know, different little ranking here and there. I mean, we even had two of them that were exactly the same. Number one's pretty obvious, but we even nailed number eight being both Damian Pierce. Um, but any kind of ranking either here or there, you know, it's gonna, it was going to always be completely or slightly different. But those are the 12 running backs that we believe are people that you should be trying to acquire onto your fantasy football team. Absolutely. Go do it. Yes. Okay. Well, this is the end of the first part of the podcast. We still got the game previews podcast to come. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Hope you're eating some turkey. Hopefully you are watching a whole lot of football. Um, hopefully you're watching football too. The World Cup is on the same time. This is a great time for sports right now. Literally, there is soccer going on every single morning, and it's just it's like you know it's you don't necessarily have to like soccer to just be into the whole. I don't know, the pageantry of it all. Just, you know, every four years there's something special, and it just happens to be during football season when we're already hyped up for sports. So it's just cool to have it in, you know, this time of year. Honestly, I just I just love it because football never ends at this point. You got football in the morning and you got football in the evening all throughout the day, especially on Thanksgiving. So That's true. All right, well, for Josh, for the mysteriously missing Joe, um, Thank you all for tuning in, and Josh, get us out of here. We did not kill Joe. We want to let you know he does still exist. He is. I just dead. like there to be a little air of mystery around it, though. Is he alive? Is he? Is he dead? We will never know. <laughs> Maybe next week we'll find out. Anyway, check out the game preview pod. Uh, go check out all the IDP Army stuff. We got some great shit out there. You know, you know where it's at. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.